Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Amen. Give Miss Oni a big round of applause. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. If you've uh, been taking notes and if your first time here, we're in a three-week series that we're going to wrap up tonight called The Marks of a Mature Christian. It's an overview of the book of James. Uh, I asked the church a couple weeks ago. I, I, I guess I'm just going to have to go home with some of y'all. I said, uh, would you go home and read your Bible and read the book of James? I, I pray that you did. I don't want you to raise your hand. If you didn't, you know you didn't. If you did, you know you did. The book of James is given to us by the Lord as a, as a book of instructions to grow ourselves. God does not want us to stay the same all the time. A lot of people, they like the same. They like the same. They, they get into a, 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 a groove, and if you disrupt that groove, then, then you, uh, you're bothering their whole personality, their whole being. God says that I saved you not for you to sit there, but to be a growing, evolving, and changing. I read something today that you start with a tomato seed, you grow a plant, somebody eats that, they grow up, they're strong, they get married, they reproduce, they have babies. God's all about growing and changing and reproducing us. Who hears me tonight, amen? Without a doubt, we learned that one of the biggest problems we have in the church today is lack of spiritual maturity. We see it in not just this church, but in every church. That's why I ask you to pray for... Uh, uh, I won't even say, but there was something heavy on my heart uh, 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 of another church that's going through some stuff, and, and it's a lack of spiritual maturity is what it is. It's somebody who shut their Bible and shut God out of their life. Do not shut your Bible and do not shut God out of your life. It's not about coming to church. It's not about walking the steps or doing the steps. It's making a conscious decision that I'm going to shut God out of this and I'm going to go back to who I used to be. Or I'm going to stay where I am. God don't want us to shut him out of anything. Who believes that tonight? Is there anybody who believes that tonight? God don't want us to shut him out of anything. We get ourselves into all kinds of troubles by saying immature things, by acting immature, by making immature decisions. We need to become spiritually mature. The Lord said we need to grow up. So we've been in the book of James, and, and it's been a great book. It's been a great series, and I, and I want to thank you guys for staying hooked. I know we've, we've had work and all kinds of stuff going on in our church, but you have stayed hooked, and I appreciate that. Go with me to James 1. Got my Bible? Some Christians refuse to grow up. Not this guy. And not you. We learn that spiritual maturity is not a matter of age. Spiritual maturity don't mean that you're a, a, a spiritually mature person because you're older than everybody else in the church. That's not it. Spiritual maturity is not a matter of appearance. No matter what you look like, how you act, uh, it, 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 uh, if you wear nice, cool glasses and suits and ties, your appearance don't mean anything to God. We learn that 
Spiritual maturity is not a matter of achievements. How much you've achieved, how many Sunday school classes you've been through, how many times you've gotten plaques on the wall and licensed. We're going to license Danny in a few weeks. We're going to license Vicky in a few weeks. That license don't mean anything to God. It don't. It don't mean anything to God. I got plaques and licenses and things hanging on my wall. Those achievements don't mean anything to God. Where I am tonight means something to God. Where you are tonight means something to God. Now, there are those things that you need to progress in life. If you have a job and you need certain training and certain things you have to accomplish, you need God's help to accomplish those things. It's not a matter of appearance. It's not a matter of accomplishments, achievements. Spiritual maturity, we learned, is attitude and character. Do you ever look at somebody and just shake your head? I'm talking about Christians. Do you ever look at another Christian and just shake your head? What are you shaking your head for? Because you look like an immature baby. That's what you want to say, but you don't because you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But James says that we need to grow up. We need to grow up instead of acting like children. We as wives and we as husbands, it's time to grow up. Get off the baby food and chew on the meat. Reproduce. Bible says, by your fruits I'll know you. God wants you to reproduce. He wants you to take what you've learned and, and share that with others. If you don't have a great attitude, if your character has flaws in it, then you're never going to be able to produce good fruit. You need to produce good fruit. James 1, got my Bible? Verse 12, God blesses the people who patiently endure testing. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised for those who love him. And remember, no one who wants to do wrong should ever say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else either. Temptation comes from the lure of our own evil desires. These evil desires lead to evil actions, and evil actions lead to death. So don't be misled, my brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect to us, comes from above who created all the heavens lights unlike them he never changes or cast shifting shadows in his goodness he chose to make us in his own children by giving us the true word and we out of all creation become his cho his choice possessions man that's good stuff we learned in the last several weeks a spiritually mature person is positive under pressure. Who's taking notes? Remember going through there? One, spiritually mature person is positive under pressure. How many of us lose it sometimes? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. I lose it sometimes. I lost it this week. I was ashamed of myself. I I had to find myself in here and get down to the altar. I'm better than that. I know more than that. But sometimes the enemy comes and he tries to steal our territory and, and we don't know how to fight back. But the Lord said if we're going to fight, sometimes just turn the other cheek and walk away. I, as a matter of fact, the Lord says always, love your brother. He says love your neighbor as yourself. Well, my neighbor decided to cuss me, holler and scream at me. 
I collapsed under that pressure for a minute. Then I got myself together and said, look, we can be two fools out here arguing in the yard. Or we can take a look at this and be friends. I chose to be friends. It was the hardest thing I ever done. <laughs> but I'm so glad I did. I lost it. I, I lost it. I collapsed under pressure. I don't want to sit up here and be fake or phony to nobody. There are days you're going to lose it under pressure, but you got to get your sense. God didn't make me stupid, and God didn't make you stupid. you got to get your sense. I was about to lose it. I was about to lose it. And finally I said, listen. I said, we can, we, can, we can be friends instead of enemies. You know, after a little bit of talking, a little bit of cooling down, we wound up, shook hands, apologized to one another. And then, you know, that ate on me. That ate on my flesh. I sat there on my, I got an old bed, old truck bed. I pulled off my Dodge out there. It sits in my yard. I sat there for 30 minutes trying to cool off. I, I was so boiled up. I had so much just anger built up inside of me. It took me 30 minutes to cool off. And it still, I'm going to tell you tonight, it still is a lesson for me that God said, look, if you're going to be a mature Christian, I'm going to bring you these tests, Mark Grimes. So if you are on the job tomorrow, or if you're on the street tomorrow, or if you're at church tomorrow, and things begin to happen, and you feel like you're going to boil over, God wants you to get a handle on yourself. Touch three people and say, get a handle on yourself. It is hard. Somebody said, that's hard, Brother Mark. It is hard. It is hard. I sat on that truck bed for 30 minutes trying to rationalize all the things I could do to him if I wanted to. I was so mad. I was so angry. I was so upset. And I wasn't mad at him anymore. I was mad at God. I was mad at God because God sent this my way. And I failed God. And then I was mad at myself. I was mad at myself because I failed God. And then I took a bigger picture and said, you know what? You're changed because you're not in jail right now. You're changed right now because you have a friend instead of an enemy. You're changed right now because you're moving forward and not staying or going backwards where you used to be. There's always progression that God wants out of us. So yesterday when I got home, Mary had me chicken fried steak. I likes me some chicken fried steak. Mashed potatoes and gravy and green beans. And no dessert. I missed the dessert part of that thing. <laughs> I got through with my chicken fried steak. I said, I'll be back. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go back around to the neighbor's house and just apologize again. And I did. I knocked on his door and I apologized again. I said, I hope there's no hard feelings. Sorry, I lost my cool. He said, oh, I'm sorry too. So I've just been taking advantage by everybody else around here. I said, well, I'm never going to take advantage of you. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to re-pull when it dries and we're going to both get together. We're going to look. We're going to make sure we're on the property lines. Man, you'll do that? You bet I'll do that. I'd, I'd rather have you as a friend than an enemy. But see, most even Christians, watch, watch. There are some of you that won't talk to another person in this church because the pressure is, is still there. Let that stuff go. Let that junk go. 
Some of you won't talk to a family member, a brother, a cousin. I, I, I mean, it, 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 it's my, oh, Lord, I'm not going to keep on on me. I'm going to, uh, even with family, it's so hard to remain cool, calm, and collected. But God says a mature, press, a mature person is calm, cool, and, and, and collective under pressure. But, but the Bible says in James 1, 2, says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It's hard to be patient when people are cussing you out, I'm going to tell you. But hindsight, I could have walked away. I could have done something different. I didn't have to get in an argument. I had a moment of weakness that I need to find myself at the altar and ask God to help me. When's the last time you really admitted your shortcomings to God? You, you know who you are. When's the last time you took off your big, big, big Superman off your chest and got down to the altar and said, all right, God, I need to keep my mouth shut. I can't do anything about this. You fight my battles. Greater is he that's in me than in this world. So I know these things coming against me are the enemy. I'm going to find myself at the altar instead of blowing up. That's what we learned in this marks of a mature person. We don't collapse under pressure. Second thing we learned was a spiritually mature person is sensitive to other people's needs. When I went back over there yesterday and shook his hand, Rex, that's when he began to tell me that him and this neighbor got into it. Him and this neighbor had built up ponds and stuff around him that caused his property to, 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 to flood, and, and he don't get along with this person. You know, I, I was thinking, well, maybe nobody's gave him a chance because he don't look cool, because he don't look like them, or maybe he don't uh, have the same interest as them. A mature person, watch this, they're, they're sensitive. Are you sensitive to other people's needs? Do you care about other people generally? Really, I mean, in your heart, do you really care? Rafer, do you really care about other people? I know you do. We all do. God is love, and he cannot live inside of us if we don't love other people. So if you hate and you have a lot of hate in your heart, listen to me. Get this tonight. If you have a lot of hate in your heart and you treat other people with disrespect all the time, I'd say that God is not in you. Because God is love, and you can't have love and hate in your heart at the same time. A spiritually mature person is, is sensitive to the needs of other people. James 2.8 says, if you really fully enroll, if you really fulfill the royal laws according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You, you do well. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you will do well. My neighbor's name is Lynn. <clears throat> I chose to love him. You got a neighbor you fight with? I chose to love him. It was hard. I tell you, my ninja suit just don't fit. I got to give him a bigger one, I think. But it was funny. I was going through this and I figured Miss Mary said something to Miss Connie because Miss Connie put something on her Facebook and I thought it was for me and I told Mary, you can keep your mouth shut about me. I didn't say, she didn't say a word. She said, I didn't tell nobody nothing. But Miss Connie had put on her Facebook two cowboys shaking hands over a fence. 
I mean, I mean, the, uh, that, the, about about forty five minutes after this this thing took place. Miss Connie put two cowboys shaking hands over a fence, and it said, because in my mind, Joe Biggs, I was telling myself, he don't even know who I am. Y'all ever do that? <laughs> Hope, don't lie, church. <laughs> I don't even know who I am. And she put a picture of two cowboys shaking hands over a fence, and it said that God does not care about your reputation. He cares about your character. I said, Mary, why are you telling people my business? She said, I didn't tell anybody, but she put that on there. God allowed her to put that on there because I need to read it. I need to see it. And not only did I need to receive it, I need to read it. I needed to receive it. Spiritual mature person is sensitive to other people's needs. Oh, I love this one. We really got into it. And I failed. I'm telling you, I failed this, this, this just a couple of days ago. A spiritually mature person masters his own mouth. I'm so glad I ain't the same guy I used to be. And the words flow out of me are so different than what used to flow out of me. As I was being cussed, I celebrate tonight and praise God that I didn't cuss back. I know other pastors that would. I know other pastors that would. They'd have got down in the ditch. That's not the marks of a mature Christian. I didn't use the words that I wanted to use. Does anybody know that sometimes these words pop in our head and we need to repent right then for what we thought? There's a repentance that needs to take place in all of us for some of the thoughts that we think. But God wants to master our mouth, and sometimes what we're thinking don't come out, and we can celebrate that too. Hallelujah. That's good stuff right there. You write that down, take a note. Because we can, we can think something, but when we master our mouth and it don't pop off, it don't shoot off, because words will pierce your heart. Words will destroy a person. Words will cut another person deeper than a double-edged sword. The Bible said our tongue is. The marks of a mature person. They master their tongue. They watch what they say. They lift people up. They, they encourage people. They, 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 uh, they, they, they have something to say good instead of something to say bad. We started last week with this one. A spiritually mature person is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Ha! Ah, that's good stuff. God does not like troublemakers. Troublemakers disrupt unity. Anybody got a troublemaker in their family? Don't raise your hand. Because if you weren't here and I asked that, they'd probably say it was you. Troublemakers cause trouble in families, businesses. They always got to be right. They always got to have the last word. They always got to be making things about themselves. God does not want us to be a troublemaker. God wants us to be a peacemaker. A troublemaker, a spiritual, a spiritual mature person is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. James 4.1, turn there with me. James tells us, where do you think all these... Wars and quarrels come from. Do you think they just happen? I love him because he speaks English. He says, think again. They come 
about because you want your own way and you fight for what's deep inside of yourselves. James is talking about conflicts and quarrels. He says that we fuss and fight and fume because of our own inner desires. You ever met that guy that always wants his way? That's always got to have his way? Or that girl that's always got to have her way? Well, I feel sorry for you if you're married to one of them. You're going to throw, throw now. A peacemaker wants peace. They don't have to always have their way. You don't always have to be right. Even if you're right, sometimes God wants to keep our mouths shut. Because God may want to show them through us keeping our mouths shut that they were wrong. A lot of times I, I, I try to solve problems and, and jump in where I should just stay out. I've learned over the years if I'll just stay out, God will stay in. And those people will learn a valuable lesson. Because they open up their mouth and they talk and talk and talk and talk until they talk their way out of a blessing. And they cause trouble and they cause strife and, and instead of setting back and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to be peaceful instead of make trouble here. You kill and you covenant, the Bible says, because you don't get what you want. So I asked a question last week. I wonder how you answered it. Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Do you speak evil about people or do you speak good about people? Number five, this is what we learned last week. A spiritually mature person is patience. James 5, 7, go there with me. James 5, verse 7, got my Bible? Did we hit patience last week, guys? All right. A spiritually mature person is patience. James 5, 7, got my Bible? Touch three people and say, be patient. Be patient. <laughs> Sometimes we just can't be patient. God wants us to be patient. Something that you asked a lot of people, the majority say, I have no patience. Back in the day, I would pray for patience, but God would bring me tests to test my patience. Now I never pray for pray patience. I always pray for understanding. James tells us in James 5, 7, says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for precious fruits of the earth? Being patient about it until it receives the earth early in the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Patience is another mark of a spiritually mature person. The word patient is used three times in, in these two verses. That tells me that being patient is very important. Being patient is a quality of character. James gives an illustration of a farmer who plants his fields, and now he's got to wait on the rain. Well, if he lives in Texas, he don't have to wait long. It's coming. <laughs> Be 
What Mr. Tim was saying to me the other day is, Brother Mark, I'm out of patience. What some of you say when you don't get your way or this door don't open up, you're saying, I'm, I'm not being patient. God has a perfect timing. A timing that is always right. Who believes that God has a perfect timing that is always right? Don't rush it. When I found Mary, I wasn't looking. She was looking. She was looking at me. I showed up over at their house, and she was there with her friends, and she was in sweatpants and warm-ups, and I am not. You are too. Don't sit on the front row of church and tell an untruth. She sat there, and she was in sweatpants and jogging pants and hanging on to her friends and talking and having fun. And she had said that I was cute. I found out this. I found this out about two weeks later when we got invited to a Christmas party. I got invited to a Christmas party, and the guy said, Hey, you know that girl that was over there that day? I said, Yeah, I didn't pay her much attention. And I... I'm going to get it later, but I love you now, baby. I'm so glad. To... Just be patient. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Work with me. <laughs> they said that girl that was over there the other day, she said you were cute. I said, well, let's go to the party then. We went to the party, and we cleared out the, the tables and chairs, and we were dancing in the living room. We were having the time of our life. And then she said, I'll see you later. I said, well, where are you going? I, she said, I got a date with another guy. <laughs> now am I telling the truth again? Tell him. <laughs> Didn't talk to her again. Didn't talk to her again. Christmas Eve rolled up. I asked a friend for her number. She was all alone on Christmas Eve. I was all alone on Christmas Eve. I called her up and I wished her a Merry Christmas. She thought that was the sweetest thing ever. Guys, I got it. I got it. I'm telling you, I got it. I invited her out on a date. She fell in love with me, and I fell in love with her. And for 18 years, come next week, we have been patient with each other. Through our shortcomings, through the growth and growing in Christ, through trying to find our spots, to trying to become mom and dad. Being mom and dad, you need patience. As business owners, we've had to work together. We had to be patient. Thank you for being patient with me. Hear me? I know I'm not easy to live with. I love you. Being patient will bring great love into your life. Somebody understand me tonight. I'm taking you somewhere. I told you I'm taking you somewhere. Being patient will bring great love into your life. Love from others. Love from people you didn't know. Being patient will bring God's love into your life. Because when you're not patient, you fight for your spot. But when you allow God to give you a spot then the love follows God because God is love and everywhere you go, God is love. Somebody grab that. That's good stuff. Patience is the mark of maturity. There is only one way I, I have believed, Mary. Now watch this. I, I told you, listen, 
There's only one way to learn patience, and that's through going through trials, going through tribulations. You never understand the God of the mountain until you've understood the God of the valley, the one that was there with you when you were rock bottom is the same one that's there with you when you're on top of the mountain. And when you realize how much he loves you at the bottom, you want to serve him on the mountain. A lot of people only want to serve him when it's good. I want to serve him all the time, even when I don't get my way. And that's a lot of times. But I don't want my way anymore. I want God's way. So even when I'm wanting my way and wanting what I want and it don't happen, you know what, I just stay in prayer. I just stay in prayer. So let me ask you this tonight. Are you patient? If you're not patient, the sixth and the final mark of a mature person is they stay in prayer. They stay in prayer. They pray. Are you praying a lot? Are you talking to God? You see... Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is, is bringing your request to God. A spiritually mature person is prayerful. The effective prayers of a righteous man never fail, James says. Prayer is talking to God. It's bringing your request to Him. No, I wasn't looking, and she wasn't looking. For each other, but we were looking for love. And our request, God brought us together. Prayer is talking to God. It brings Him to your request. It's praising Him. When we pray, we acknowledge that He controls our life. When we pray, it acknowledges that God controls our life. Someone told me, said, I know a lady. She prays every time she gets on her horse. She prays every time she gets in her truck. She prays every time she buys something at the grocery store. She prays all the time. Pastor, do you think she prays too much? No, you can never pray enough. The Bible says that we need to pray all the time. It says it in there, really. It says that we should pray all the time about everything. About everything. Prayer is talking to God. It's bringing Him your request. It's praising Him. When we pray, we acknowledge that He has control of our lives. James uses the story of Elijah to show us that there is power in prayer. Elijah prayed that it would not rain, and God stopped the rain for three years. Elijah prayed again, and the heavens opened up. Elijah did not manipulate God, but he just acknowledged Him. Let me ask you tonight, are you acknowledging God? Are you praying? Are you taking him your request? Are you talking to him? Elijah did not manipulate God, but he acknowledged him and believed that God would control the elements of his nature. Whatever happened, he believed that God would control the rain. He had that much belief. I prayed over someone at the hospital the other day, and I prayed and asked God to heal them. And you know what they said? We hope he can. I'm not going to live my life in a world where we hope he can. We got to fully mature and by faith know that he can. Amen. 
I said, I'm praying, I'm believing that you're going to get healed. I'm praying, I'm believing that you're going to get set free. I'm praying. I hope he can. I don't want to serve a God that I got to hope for. I want to serve a God that I know as my personal Lord and Savior. Let me ask you tonight, if you died, do you hope you'd go to heaven? Or do you know you'd go to heaven? You serve a God and you trust him with your salvation, but do you trust him with everything else in your life? with whatever's happening right now. Elijah did not manipulate God, but he acknowledged him and believed that God controlled the elements of his nature. You see, those who are spiritually mature understand the power of God. There are things in your life right now that you think no one can fix. How many got those things in their life right now saying nobody can fix this? Nobody can solve this problem. Guess what? God can. God can tonight. God can tonight. Well, it's all hope's gone for my son. God can. All hopes in my finances are gone. God can. I told a story one time of a lady who came and she put her last bit of money in an offering, her last $20. She had a, a bad tire on her car. And she just prayed, and, and, and they were taking up an offering, and she felt the Holy Spirit say, put your $20 in. But all she could think about was that tire on her car and how she was going to go after church and get that tire replaced so that she could make it to payday. But she felt the Holy Spirit say, put that $20 in, put that $20 in, put that $20 in. She put that $20 in, and she came back to church. We were at Golson Baptist Church. I witnessed this myself. She said to me, she said, you're not going to believe this. She told the church as she was on her way home, she was driving down the road, and there was a tire laying in the middle of the road. A brand spanking new tire in the middle of the road. And she was, a, she was, a, she was, she was a, up in age. She didn't move too fast. She was driving a dragon wagon. She had a big old station wagon. She said, I pulled that station wagon over to the side of the road, and she wobbled on out there, and she got that tire. She rolled it on over there, and she put it in the back of the car. And she said, God, I know this is the right size. That's what she said to me. She said, God, I know this is the right size. She went down the road. She went around a couple of curves. And on the side of the road was two more tires. There were two more tires on the side of the road. She pulled over in her dragon wagon. She got out. And she wobbled on over there. And one at a time, she rolled them over to her car, Harry. And she picked them up. She was all by herself. She put them in the back. And every time she put them in the back, she said, I know these are the right size. She was headed home. She got a little further down the road. There was one more tire <laughs> on the side of the road. She pulled herself over to the shoulder roller. She wobbled on over there. She got that last tire. She put it inside of her station wagon. And the next day, the next day, she took it to a tire shop. They were the exact model make that came on that car when that car was brand new. They were a factory set of four brand new tires. 
Who believes that story tonight? And who <laughs> believes that God can? <laughs> Miss Gladdy, now what? Some of you are saying, oh, this is hocus pocus. No. Miss Gladdy dressed like one of them old Pentecostal ladies. She had her hair all up in a bun. She had things sticking out of it. She made everybody... She made everybody that Sunday after church come and look at the tires that were on her car. I remember it. I was, I was about 18 years old. They had a blue ring around it. They were brand new. And then she just floored us all. She said, when I told the tire guy what had happened, that God had gave her those tires. She said, I looked over and he was just crying. He said, I went and got some new tires for the company last night. And I lost them <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> and he said, and he said, being that God gave them to you, I'm going to put them on for free. God can. You got to believe that way. You got to believe that way that God can. God will. I've seen God do too much. I witnessed it with my own eyes. Miss Gladdy with the buns. She took us out there. We looked. It was, a, it was just so real. And God has done so many things for me. Just like that. I just pray it and it comes to life. You know what I've been praying for years? God, I want a church with three sections in it. That way when I do meet and greet, people ain't tangled up. You know what? God's giving me a church with three sections in it right now. God, I want a church that helps people. You go to a church that helps people. God, I want to go to a church that loves people. You go to a church that loves people. God said he'd give us the desires of our heart. You see, those who are spiritually mature, and I'm done, listen to me, understand the power of God. God can. God can take the broken and mend it. Anybody here ever been broken into a million pieces? God put you back together. Give him a praise tonight. God can take which was bent and straighten it right out. What was broken into and shattered, he can make whole again. God is that big and God is that powerful. And there's no problem that you're going through tonight that is too big for God. Because God can. You have to believe him if you're going to be mature. And you've got to believe this Bible. If he'll stop the rain for Elijah and start it again for Elijah. says in his word that if I begin a good work in you, I'll see it to complete. So no matter where you are tonight, God can grow you, mature you. How do you handle your problems? I'm done. Listen to me. Are you positive under pressure? Let's be that way as a church. Are you sensitive to the needs of others around you? Let's be that way as a church. Are you mastering your mouth, controlling what you say, 
Let's be that way as a church. Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Let's be peacemakers in our church and in our lives. Are you patiently waiting on God and not forcing things on your own? Are you a prayer warrior? Are you praying and asking God for yourself? Are you praying and asking and intervening for guys like Brother Tim who are weak at this time? That we could just pray together and that God would give him strength that Mr. Tim wouldn't know where it come from. These are all marks of a spiritually mature Christian. So I ask you tonight to commit yourself to become mature no matter what. Commit yourself tonight no matter what. Because all hells break loose when you do. I was preaching on pride. Mine swelled up because the devil threw something at me. He's going to throw everything he can at you, but he's a liar. He's not going to kill you. He's not going to destroy you. God said he'd give us power to trample over serpents. And demons have to flee in the name of Jesus. So I challenge you tonight to grow up, to become mature. I told you I'm not a big series, guys. But I think that this one and the one we're on on Sunday are going to help us so much. Let's pray together. Father, help us grow up and be spiritually mature Christians, committing ourselves to you to grow us. Lord, I pray that there are those that would raise their hand and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do. Because God's not caring about our reputations. He cares about our character. So I ask you tonight to give God your all and to grow up, each and every one of us, because God can. God can. God can save your husband. God can save your kids. God can save you in whatever situation you're facing. God can. I love you, and I thank you for staying with me through this series. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.